This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and. That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I just got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta. Time will get to rescheduled soon. And to Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. You know, this marriage has been around since November 2020. And so... um. Sometimes it can be a little struggle to keep things fresh, to, to spice it up a little bit. But we're going to do that tonight. I've got, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Campus to Canton on YouTube, a bowl of questions mm-hmm. that only I know. Only I have uh, uh, know what the question to be. These three are going to help address them. They have no idea what these questions are. That and never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, so, gentlemen, are we ready? Are we ready to? Are we ready to, uh, to to jump in here with the questions? Austin, you ready? This is going to be more even off the cuff than usual. I can't wait because I haven't prepped for this show in like at least a year. In case anybody can tell, we like to play dangerously. We like to play, you know, go right up uh, close to the line. Chris Moxley, love the T-shirt. Are you ready for the game tonight? Yeah, I felt we've needed spice for a while, so I'm glad we talked to somebody and fixed that. Noah's in the comments helping us out here. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, thanks for the advice, man. We really we uh, we're looking for one more, but understand the sentiment. Matthew, well, you know this goes on at Texas A&M. Uh, what Noah's talking talking about, I've heard. Uh, Matthew, uh, what's are you ready to, to go? <laughs> I imagine that goes on everywhere, not just at Texas A&M. But yeah. Well, yeah, I'm as ready as ever. All right. Let's, let's stop with the shenanigans. The first question. 
who is a freshman outperforming expectations? Oh, that's a good question. There's so many to choose from. Where do I begin? <laughs> uh, did I stall long enough for anybody? Jade Knott is a really big one. <laughs> uh, that is a good one, actually. <laughs> I just got done uh, recording this week's Back to Debbie with Mike, and we talked a little bit about Jade Knott from a Debbie perspective and Jade not feels like the kind of guy that it, maybe I sell after this year. Um, but he's definitely outperformed. I mean, he's splitting those carries a cow quicker than we thought he would. He's uh, been breaking tackles at a high rate. He's been catching the ball at a pretty decent clip. Um, so I think he's the big name that I would point to in the freshman class that has just like totally outperformed any expectations I had for him. Like when this class shaped up a couple months ago. I mean, he's... I'm gonna violate. I'm gonna violate uh, Mike's rule, and I'm gonna talk about a player who's probably not a Debbie asset. But uh, and I'm gonna cheat, so I'm almost like not answering the question. But the redshirt freshman at Idaho, Giovanni McCoy. Oh my gosh! Name? What? What? <laughs> Listen, I... <laughs> you guys had an opportunity to talk here. Um, I think he's thrown Pro- five. Probably or six not a Debbie through. asset. Probably, we have to qualify listen, with that probably because people just want to know. He's going to transfer from. He's going to transfer. We're losing listeners left and right here. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, he's redshirt freshman from California at Idaho, uh, a zero star prospect who's starting as a redshirt freshman. Plays uh, Indiana in week two. Plays uh, Washington State in week. One and performs admirably because their colors are like uh, Kent State. I actually thought that I was watching Colin Schley, who we've heard people talk about before on this show and on some of our CFF shows. And I thought that this is who I was watching because he had some ability, he has some aggressiveness throwing downfield. And at times in the game against Washington State, he looked better than Cameron Ward. And we have Cameron Ward as being a potential uh, NFL uh, first round draft pick, or at least we did at the beginning of the season. He looked good throwing the ball with touch deep, uh, better than Cameron Ward, Chris Mosley, who who you noted is not uh, great deep. And so he is a player that I'm like, hmm, I'm going to keep tabs on at the FBS level, FCS level, excuse me. Um, so maybe, you know, he he's a transfer candidate after this year. I mean, I tell you what, if he was starting for Texas A&M, I think that they would be a better shape than they they are now. So um, this is one of those shooting from deep, shooting from really, really deep. FCS quarterback who doesn't have all the physical tools. He's not a Trey Lance type player. But I do like – I mean, he's had two gutsy performances, so much respect to uh, Giovanni McCoy, Ida. I understand why you put the probably not qualifier in there because he basically did the same exact – uh, level of play against Washington State as Graham Mertz did the week after. So um, noted Felix favorite Graham Mertz. So just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. I Any thought, other? I, I thought he made a couple nice throws against Indiana for what it's worth. Not to. I don't want to talk about this Idaho quarterback on Debbie debate, but I <laughs> I kind of understand where you're coming from. Giovanni McCoy. Just just you know maybe he transfers up. I have one the, that the I. Other... Oh, oh! I got one that I yep, I was wrong on straight up. I didn't think Amarian Hampton was going to be that good, and especially this early. I thought he was the second best back they brought in in this class. I like George Petaway better. I thought he was a better receiver. I thought he was a more dynamic back. And I am eating crow 
on Marion Hampton, who has been excellent through three weeks. They're off this week, but he has been, he's, it's been a committee, but he's been the best back there. Like I, it is what it is. I have, I was wrong on the fact that I didn't think he would be productive at the collegiate level. I just didn't think he had this, the, all the Wait, skills that we were looking for. You thought he wouldn't be productive at all at the college level. Like I didn't Did love you, the guy, but I thought he would be fine in college. I didn't think that he was going to be like a CFF starter. Like would I, like I never thought that he would be a guy who you could start week in week out, especially if better two, maybe the one. 200 yard games so far already, already 200 yeah, yard was, games, three weeks into his freshman career. I mean, context I did matters. Not, I did the not starter like was injured. And the backup. Did he? And the backup. What? what whatever. <laughs> you guys are something else. Listen, I was mocked and ridiculed, literally on. No, the look, it's a win for love. you. It's a win. We're not taking the win from you. It's just there's context in that. Like, I don't think Mox's thoughts are too far off on what we thought at the beginning of the season. That is not an unfair thought that he wouldn't be a starter this year. The as awesome, I didn't know the backup got injured. Too. The starter, the backup got injured. If he can't go out there and produce, there's something wrong with him. He lived up to what you said he was going to be. Like, it is a win for you. We will. I won't take that away from you. I should. Yeah, I, I should. It's, it's fair to put a little context on that. I should not have given it all to Felix. Can I choose a, a redshirt freshman as well, actually, um, if we're just playing that game? I thought Quinn Ewers looked really good when he played against Alabama. Oh, my God. 14 greatest plays in <laughs> oh college football God. history. Um, no, We should throw out Kobe Prentice here, who is performing. He's not playing great, but he's performing expecta- outperforming expectations in the fact that nobody had him starting. Uh, the season out of all of those freshmen and all, all the guys that they had in the 2021 class with Brooks, Guy Hall, and uh, and JoJo Earl. Oh, but maybe we shouldn't give him credit since JoJo Earl was injured, blah, 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 all this stuff. Yeah. Let's Rob, move on to the next. That's a good assessment. Brett, no. Well, I guess it depends on who you – We ex- I expected Quinshaw Junkins to be good, so – you know, people are going to listen to this later on, so you should probably read the question. My and then, bad. And Brett said, don't we it. have to talk about Quinn Sean Judkins too? And I said no, because I expected him to be good. Is this a time where we toss in that, like, for a lot of these guys, like, it wasn't necessarily that we didn't think they would do anything in college. It's just, like, I'm still very skeptical on Amarian Hampton as a legitimate NFL prospect. I think he's way more Rakeem Boyd than he is Javante Williams, which is, you know, the the, the – the natural comp because they both played for North Carolina. I just don't think he's an NFL level athlete. Like I, I just really, really don't. I think no, he's, Austin. Have you learned? Very we, can't, borderline. we can't say that after one week or two. It's it's definitive statements after every week. So no, don't, make your decision. Right, is, so. Okay, is or not. Moving on. Moving on. Are there? Listen, whose question was this? Are there too many wide receivers? That's my my question, and I'll I'll add some context to it because it was it was my question. Um, we're becoming this question super... that you didn't know was coming because I'm the one that, that drafted all the questions. No, it was my question as in, uh, I'm going to answer it first. What Good I think Good. the asker of this question was trying to imply was that we are seeing five receivers drafted in the first round almost every season. At what point is there like an oversaturation of high end receiver talent in the NFL where, there's less distinction between wide receiver ones and twos and threes than we saw maybe 10 years ago. Like I, we live in a golden age of wide receivers, in my opinion. So the asker of the question might have been trying to infer that. Well, so what's the, what's the answer to the question? Are there too many wide receivers? Let me give you my take on the question. 
So I was thinking about this. Who are the guys that we actually have faith in once I go down this list? And you tell me where we cut off, where we're like, that guy's going to be an, a, a productive NFL player. Kayshawn Boutte. With the five, I don't even know if like I fantasy relevant, like wide fantasy receiver relevant, wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Two, okay. Well, one or two. Which of these okay. guys are wide receiver twos? Kayshawn Boutte? Yes. Sure. Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yes. I think so. Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yes. Probably. Xavier Worthy. Probably. That's a tough one because of his – it's a tough one, though, because of his play style and size. He's very much Marquise Brownish, and Marquise Brown – has Marquise Brown been a wide receiver, too? I think he had a wide receiver one season last year. Yeah, he was borderline. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jordan Addison? Yeah. Josh Downs? I I think so as well, but – I, I really I think Josh Downs is a potential first round draft pick, uh, um, and this is I think this is the cutoff. Quentin Johnston, yes, has a chance. Quentin, yeah, has absolutely has a chance. Okay, you have faith. Really in good. Him. It's not a does he have a chance? Is is if you had to bet today, would you say, would you hold your money or say he's going to be a wide receiver too at the NFL level? I would, one time he has a wide receiver to finish in his profile. Yeah, yes, that's not what I'm asking. That's not what I'm asking. If this like bet was was out there on the book and you had to and you had to choose this as a bet, would you would you choose it? So you're saying one time, like all he's gonna do is finish as a wide receiver one or two one time. I take the bet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, if 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 that's the bet, then I would go like 20 more deep on this list. If that if (laughs) that's the only yeah, I mean okay, yeah, yeah, keep keep going. I mean, look, like just I mean. Look, not that Darnell Mooney's not a bad wide receiver. Darnell Mooney finished his top 24 wide receiver last year. You're telling me Quint, he Quinton? He did? Yeah. You can't tell me Quinton Judkin. I'm thinking of the wrong person. Quentin Johnston can't do that in it. Quentin, I was going to say, should I would not surprised. do that as a wide receiver? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that. All right. So, wait. Let me, go, let me go through these numbers. These I'm going through my rankings here. Let's go through them really fast. Okay. I'm going I'm to keep going fast because I'm, I'm assuming you guys think that all of these guys have that ceiling. Then. Evan Stewart, Marvin Mims, Luther Burden, Emeka Abuka, Parker Washington, Jacob Cowan. No, on Washington and possibly Cowan. I mean, he's not worse than Darnell Mooney, though, if that's the bet you want to make. But, right. no, I, I, I would not put it as more than a 30% J- chance. Okay, Ja'Cory Brooks. No, I'm just not there. Probably Brooks, not. Currently. Jermaine Burton. No. I think Lorenzo he, Styles. I think – not right now. Yeah. No. Um. Okay. Let me go here deeper. Nathaniel Dell. Yes. No. no, no. He's too small. Uh, he's no. one fifty-five. It's not going to happen for him at the NFL level. Bo Collins. Do we know enough yet? He like, could. No. See, it's like, it, are there too many wide receivers? There's like thirteen or fourteen guys. I think you're worth- leaving out a bunch of names that should have been higher, though. Like Cedric Tillman. Several of the freshmen, oh. I think, should go. Yep. And I would, I would bet on Adam Randall doing it. I would bet on Antonio. Williams I had Adam Randall it. was in there too, but I didn't. Okay, like I, I both of the Adonai Mitchell, I would probably put some money down on him doing really? it one time. Yeah, I think he has the skill set. The NFL is going to love him. I could see him doing it over. I could see him being more likely to do it than Nathaniel Dell. If that's you the want, question, you want to hear a hot one? Sure. I think Lad McConkey could do it. I think Lad McConkey is actually an underrated I, player. Like I think he I could be productive week, asset in an I'm, offense. I'm done writing them off. So yeah, I, mean, I think sure. I think McConkey could have a wide receiver two season. <laughs> Georgia wide receiver who was a three star three star player. Yeah. Subscribe to the YouTube page. React to this statement. Jermaine Burton is not a top fifteen wide receiver overall. Correct. 
He's my wide receiver 17. I have not, I've been the lowest on him for like the past two months. We had our wide receiver summit. Colin, I think had him as like a top five wide receiver. I think I had him at 12. He dropped recently for me. I, I get, we haven't seen Bama's probably, they have not put their best product on the field yet. They, Utah state, he didn't really do much against them. Didn't do much against Texas. This is not necessarily the kind of talent they usually play. Usually they play lower end like FCS schools. So I will give him some slack right now. But if you were asking me right now, looking forward, no, I don't see it. I don't think he's that special. I think we just projected him forward into that Alabama offense that he's going to do it because he's the best wide receiver in that room. And we've seen flashes at Georgia. We've seen flashes from a lot of wide receivers that it doesn't end up panning out for. I just don't think he's got it. Do you think that was a bad bet at the time, though? Because I don't think it was. No, I don't. But I, I like the, my biggest disagreement was caught with Colin was he put him up at wide receiver five, and I was like, that's too it was, high. It was I so said, bad. It I had him so at wide bad. receiver twelve. Colin's so catching strays like were not even on Kevin's like. It's like, but, it, it, like I said, I had him at twelve, so it's not like I had him down at twenty, and he's he's dropped down. He's still in my top twenty right now. But I think my last update I did yesterday, I dropped him to like wide receiver eighteen. Like I don't think he's a top fifteen guy. Box. I, I go back to the statement. Jermaine Burton is not a top 15 wide receiver overall. I think he is. And the reason I think he is, is because I think he's a productive wide receiver two in an NFL offense. He clearly isn't a one. And I don't think he's a first round prospect either. I think he's going to go in the second round. I think he's a good complimentary piece to an offense. There's not 15 wide receivers that are going to end up there. So I'm not mad if he's at like 15. There's no way he's in my top 10 though. There's no chance. He's a top 20 receiver for sure. He's borderline top 15. So I'll say yes, but like, I think he's an NFL player. I can't say that for like a handful of receivers. Does he feel like he'll (laughs) end up being a Christian Watson, like kind of guy or like MVS, like tools? Well, it has a role in the NFL, but not like a guy that you're banking on. That's kind of what he's starting to drift toward for me. Do you think he has a wide receiver two finish? in his range of outcomes. Cause I think he, I think he has a season of the wide receiver two at an NFL level. Cause I think he's a wide receiver two in an offense. I think he would be very dependent on where he, where he lands as so, terms of whether that would happen or not. I think, I mean, sure. If you slap him on the chiefs or something, if you put him exactly. on, if you put him on, like, let's say you put him on the, um, uh, on the, um, the Texans right now who are kind of aching for a, a wide receiver of some sort. there, really after Brandy cooks. I don't think he would do that finish on that team. Yeah. Like I think he would have it would have to be a a team that just is like desperate at wide receiver two, like the Packers this year who took like inflated Watson's value because they took him in the second because they waited. Yeah, he's yeah. a really great athlete. Like that's his yeah. calling card. Yeah. A phenomenal athlete. So he will get drafted in the top, in my opinion, top fifty picks. He probably which- will, but. I think what you just said about him being a great complimentary piece is exactly why I'd be hesitant to bet that he'd be that good. Cause again, you, at that point you are betting on him going to a good offense to do that because even if he goes to the Browns with Deshaun Watson, Watson's only typically put one wide receiver into the top 12, 24. Like you've got to be on a Justin Herbert, a, well, I'm assuming the Broncos ever put their shit together. A Broncos offense, the Chiefs offense, like you have to be on a high, a Rams offense. You have to be on an offense that passes the ball a ton to get multiple receivers into top 24 range. Here, it typically doesn't happen as often as we think it does. Chris, we were just talking about players that have hit a wide receiver to finish that like we don't think of as great players. And you, you toss out the name Darnell Mooney. I think that's a great example. 
it, say I have Jermaine Burton right now as my wide receiver 20. Let's just say that's where I draw. I have been 19, but let's let, we'll round it to 20 right now. Would you have been happy uh, taking a junior Darnell Mooney as a wide receiver 20 in a draft because he might limp into an offense that's sad and has nothing else? Like, I that seems very, very lofty for a go. I would rather you can get Randall in that range. I would much rather have the mystery box. I'd, I'd much rather have Randall. This is such a nuanced conversation because it is. I one, I don't know if we're talking Debbie or CTC because that changes the calculus in my opinion. I'm talking Debbie, but I mean, okay, so yeah, Debbie. So I would be happy if I had taken Darnell Mooney as my wide receiver 20 at Debbie, absolutely. Because 10 bucks of him are straight up busting, but that's so okay. Like, so, but you had to spend wide receiver 10 on him this offseason, so you wouldn't have been I happy mean, spending it that though, right? No, because at the time there were about 10 better wide receiver prospects at the time. <laughs> Yeah, like legit, legitimately, but and they're probably going to perform that way. But it's just a question of like the hit rates are so low that if I'm going to get a wide receiver two at the NFL level in Devi, like that's not that bad. It really isn't. So maybe I'm just a, a cynic and feel it's you're, you're muted. We he's either on you. mute or we can't hear you. I, I do want to talk about the uh, just the bricks that have established. Jermaine Burton's value is one is that athleticism coming out uh, as a freshman was the fastest man, but not only was he the fastest man at the opening, but he backed that up with, with his um, vertical jump, his, his uh, shuttle time. Like he was athletic across the board. And then as a freshman, um, when, when Alabama played Georgia, uh, Patrick Sertain was on George Pickens and Stetson Bennett started relying on Jermaine Burton, who was matched up against Josh Job. Now, if you look at the stat line, four for 58 isn't a lot. Four for 58 and one touchdown. But you consider what that Georgia offense was at the time and the fact that they relied on this freshman kid, I think that that's pretty pretty impressive. So there's another brick. Then he transfers to Alabama. He takes the, that same athleticism that Nick Saban turned into Jamison Williams being a top 10 draft pick. Overall, uh, J- uh, Jermaine Burton is occupying that spot now. And he had that monster – that's one – go back to his freshman season. He had that one monster game uh, against Mississippi State, which, quite frankly, I don't think that we would consider him as highly valued if we didn't see him catch some of those deep passes in that game against Mississippi State where he had almost 200 yards receiving. Um, so that's where his value stems from. I think Jermaine Burton is probably a testament to these wide receivers. you got to stop going to places like Georgia, Michigan, Oregon. Like, you just got to – if you want to be a good player, if you want to have a shot at the NFL, Jermaine recognized he made a mistake because he transferred to Alabama. So stop it. Stop going to Michigan. Stop going to Georgia. Stop going to um, uh, Oregon. Stop it. After two weeks, are we worried about how the strength of the QB and wide receiver position groups as a whole – regardless of draft eligibility year. Are we worried about the strength of the wide receiver and quarterback? We already talked about the um, wide receiver position and the strength of that. Maybe we're 15 deep as far as Debbie, guys we think are going to be NFL players. What about the quarterback position? Is it healthy, Matthew? I'm worried about it, honestly. I mean, I love C.J. Stroud. Can make difference making throws on the NF on the on the college level. I think he can do it on the NFL level too. If we're talking about for fantasy, I don't see him as a QB one at the next level. Love Bryce Young. He showed me a ton in that Texas game. He's shown me a ton for two years. Size worries me a little bit. Can he be a QB one at the fantasy level? I don't know. 
I mean, God, I'm just—I know I'm going to catch all kinds of strays for this. It's really just two guys that I've been very much against, in Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson with their rushing upside. Like, and Caleb has looked much better this year. Something I talked about in the offseason. I wanted to see. Um, I still want to see him play better teams, but he has looked much better than at times what I saw last year. Still think we need to see more from Anthony Richardson. But outside of those guys, like. I think Quinn looked great for the first half that he was out there, but now he's got an injury. We need to see him come back from that. Then after that, like who do you really have faith in right now that can pop up? Cause talked a little bit about Cameron Ward. Like, man, he's been dis- Drake may. I'm sorry. I completely forgot about Drake may Drake may did, in my opinion, deserves to be in this conversation outside of them though. Like we're out on Spencer Rattler. We're out on Phil Dracovic. We're out on Malik no. Cunningham, out on Sam Hartman, out on Jackson Dart, out on Tyler Van Dyke. Like, who is it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we out on Tyler Van Dyke? Excuse me. I was going to say that. If, you, if, if you're out on Cement Shoes Sam Heward, you better be out on, on Cement Shoes Tyler Van Dyke. I don't care that he can throw the ball down different, the field. Different, different players. Different Cement Shoes. It's a little bit less cement different in his players. shoes. And he's, he's actually not Cement Shoes. He actually runs quite a bit. No. Austin, are, are, is the is the quarterback position is it weak, not healthy? It's never strong. I don't know what the debate is about it. At best, you feel good about five guys in college at any given time. How many NFL starters do we feel good about at any given time? And think about how you know you get a new class every year. We we like maybe 20, 21 of those guys. Like there just aren't a lot of them in existence at the moment. So, uh, am I worried about it? No, because I still feel really good about the top. Five, four, five, which is what I've been saying well, for months. Can I ask you a question about that then? Sure. You said the NFL side. Tom Brady, likely done here soon. Yeah. And then I assume Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers will be around for a little bit longer, but who knows? They, they could be gone within the next four or five years, right? Ryan Tannehill doesn't look like he's got much of a leash left. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo probably done. Matt Ryan on his way out at some point, like, we're talking about Daniel Jones probably losing his starting job. You're only talking about four or five guys that you feel good about. That's seven quarterbacks I just named who are going to be gone. What are we doing at the NFL level then? Like it, these guys have got to get replaced by somebody. And I'm I mean, not yeah, thinking. But did you, Malik, did you feel good about Joe Burrow going like two games into his senior year? I mean, there's there will there will be a guy or two, and get, there I will did. be a guy or the two. The minute he got spit on, I was like, I'm all in. Joe Burrow to the moon. No, but did he get spit on? Yeah, the year before his junior year, he got like knocked out, and that defender spit on him or whatever. I like, never like, heard the spitting part, but I've seen the hit. Yeah, yeah, like spurned him into like this god mode that uh ended up leading like the most prolific college offense to a national championship and so on and so forth. So as yeah, the story I mean, goes. Moral of the story, no, I'm not worried about it. I think it's we're just right on track with what normally comes through at this point in time. There are three guys there is my top four actually hasn't changed. It's been CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, Anthony Richardson since March or so. Uh, what has changed is the guys after that. Drake May is up to uh, quarterback five for me. Tyler Van Dyke, he's uh, uh, over Tyler Van Dyke. Devin Brown at Ohio State, uh, quarterback seven for me. Um, this is the most disrespectful thing I I've actually, ever heard in my entire life. It's I'm what? So sorry. It's this. I, I, <laughs> why is it? I need to move. Wait, who are you going to move up? Quint Ewers Quint Ewer should have been probably right after Tyler Van Dyke or before Tyler Van Dyke. Where, where did you have him? Or where do you I have had him? him it's probably, I, had I think, quarterback QB, QB 60, right, right, right where no. I had Cade Klubnik. I had him nine. I had him nine. 
All right, since we're on, I just grabbed this one. React to this statement, Chris Moxley. Caleb Williams is in the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young tier. True or false? Absolutely. And my bold prediction this offseason was that he would be quarterback one by the end of the year. I think there's a good chance he gets there. And I think he, if you could make the argument that he's there now because he's got the rushing ability and he looks just as good as a passer as Bryce Young does, almost just as good as C.J. Stroud. I think there's like differences in in what they excel in. Uh, Bryce Young's really calm, confident, like cool, collected. C.J. Stroud is better, like I think natural talent. I think Caleb Williams is like a mix of all of them. Like, I think I think he, mm-hmm. I think you could be absolutely making the case that he is quarterback one, and he should be in that tier, in my opinion. I think he's a tier of three, but. It's like three and a half if you really want to put Quinn up there. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the whole Quinn debate, but I absolutely think that that Caleb needs to be considered among the three or the other two. He's QB1 for you, Matt, wasn't he? No, no, Quinn, you were just QB1 no? for me. Quinn, oh, was so I thought QB1. for, I thought no, for I have, he was QB1. Golden boy, come on. I don't have Caleb. I have Caleb at four. Um, is, I mean, I, I've, I've talked about how I want to see more from him. I still have him high, but. I mean, look, if we're just going to play devil's advocate here, I mean, we brought up about another quarterback that doesn't necessarily throw deep. Caleb hasn't done a whole lot of that either so far. Also played two really bad teams. But again, I will admit, he looks much better passing the ball this year than I felt like he did at times last year. So I, I'm i always hesitant. I feel like I'm very much like Colin when it comes to moving QBs. I probably wait too long to move them. So I would not put him in the same tier as CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, but I don't have a real strong argument against it, I guess. We only get to see glimpses of these guys, uh, what they are off of the field. And I was impressed by Caleb Williams when I think we all watched his commitment video to get either to get, or it, it was live. It was live on CBS sports or 24 seven. And I thought that we watched it, but he just seemed very poised and mature. And he has seemed that way throughout, you know, being the backup to Spencer Rattler, being inserted as a starter, being pulled against what Baylor and being, you know, reinserted as the starter. I'm just very impressed by him. He seems to have he seems to be kind of destined for this the same way. Quite frankly, I feel like the, I felt the same way about Justin Fields, someone that players gravitate towards, who's very much a leader. And I feel that way about um about Caleb Williams. So I agree with the statement that he should be in that tier. He's my QB three. All right. This next question is, is comes from a tweet from Luca, uh, Sar Tirana, Sar Tirana. I don't know how to spell Luca's last name, but we're going to figure that out. So this is true or false. Okay. He tweeted. Now follow me here. Top tier quarterbacks, prospects who can be great NFL signal callers without much development. This is his list for 2023. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Uh, Austin, I'm giving this to you first. For 2024, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, and J.J. McCarthy. would love to hear that. And for 2025, Cade Klubnick and Drew Aller. Austin, react to Luca's tweet. Love Luca. Uh, J.J. McCarthy doesn't even belong in the same Twitter account as any of these guys. Um, He was not good last year, and we're going to elevate him off of an 11 to 12 performance in the first half against Hawaii. Um, Mike Wright looked like an NFL quarterback against Hawaii. Um, No, I really want to see McCarthy against a decent team, and we're not going to see it for a couple weeks. I mean, they did this. They set this up for him so that he could earn the job this week. He would have really had to have been bad to not get it. Then they play 
somebody somebody not good again this Toledo or UConn. So, UConn. So not oh, good wow. this week. Like gonna try to build his confidence up, but I guarantee you as soon as we get into conference play and he plays Wisconsin or something, he's gonna look like crap. I can almost guarantee it. This is Anthony Richardson week one all over again uh, in terms of like beating up on a not very good team and everyone wanting to unleash these takes that they've been holding in for a year. I, I don't, I do not see that. No. Matthew. I mean, I agree. JJ McCarthy doesn't deserve to be up there, but I get it. I mean, we've been hyping, not us per se, but people have been hyping Will Levis as a first round pick. And is JJ McCarthy any really worse than Will Levis? I, I don't really think so. Um, I would also say I'm not, again, I, I, I know I, I I'm not putting Kate Klubnick up there just yet either. I, I, I still want to see more from him. I don't even know that I would. I think Alar has looked good in the limited time that he's been out there. He was the QB one in that class, or I think, I guess Klubnick was technically. He was our QB one. I keep forgetting the, the, the recruiting sites had Kate up there. I want to see more because I am also very worried about that team feel like they broke DJ. I think it's very possible they could break Kate at some point. So I would not put mm -hmm. Kate up there. I think I think uh, Drew Alar has further to go than Kate Klubnik does uh, from a mechanics and improvement standpoint. Like I think Klubnik is a lot more refined than Alar. And maybe I'm just basing that off what we saw previously. Um, I just feel like he has a lot further to go. And maybe he made those strides because he's looked good when he played. So um, that could just be a bad take. I could be roasted for it later. So clip it if you want, Penn State fans. <laughs> the problem that I have with this uh... – statement is without much development like i think all of these guys need development including bryce young and cj stroud like bryce young has not looked good without his trio of you know elite wide receivers in club we ain't seen yet drew allar was probably drew aller how are they pronouncing his name on the broadcast are they saying allar I, 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 I think it's a lot i think it's a lot i'm pretty sure it's the 24-7 sports and everything. They say Alar. When they, that's why I've been trying to say it that way. I, I thought it we was Drew Aller, but they say Alar. I mean, we thought he was super toolsy, but can he run an NFL? Like, to me, this statement is who could run an NFL offense today. I think that that's Caleb Williams and maybe C.J. Stroud, to be honest with you. I don't think that these other guys could. So, it's um, funny. I think Bryce Young could. I think Bryce Young's one of the, the ones who I think actually could. He just isn't I, I, He just doesn't have the same raw skills. So I question Bryce Young's arm talent, and I don't like in a way that I do not question the other two. I think that that's why I'm, why I'm saying that. That's fair. I had a conversation today with uh, Jared Wackerly of Dynasty Nerds. We both have Bryce Young as our QB one in this class. I, I agree that his arm strength is not there, but just what he's able to do on the field, like I don't think he gets the credit for how bad that offensive line is and how well Very he's bad. produced two straight years, and even even against a Texas team that I think they probably outmatched. Like he won them that game. It wasn't the defense. It wasn't yeah. the conversation we were making for Will Anderson becoming Heisman. It won them that won them that it was Bryce Young with a bad wide receiver core around him now, too. It's true. Yeah, same thing against Auburn last year, too. Same thing against Auburn at the end of the game. He is clutch and he processes better than any quarterback yeah. under pressure. Like just and, and what Jared said that and that he has this just this it factor. And I agree with him on that. Like he has something that Stroud doesn't, in my opinion, in the big game, Stroud doesn't seem to step up like Young does. 
Maybe I stand corrected. I know what Austin's going to say. He's going to compare Bryce Young to Joe Burrow. Am I right? Am I thinking right? Does he have a well, better I was, arm? I was, was going to say, is Stroud's arm better than than Bryce Young's? I don't know that it noticeably is. Stroud loses some some oomph I mean, on the ball when he's off-platform kind of scrambling. I don't think – like, if we want to say that Bryce Young's arm strength isn't perfect, sure, whatever. I think it's fine. But I don't think it's any worse than CJ Stroud. So I don't I don't necessarily if that's how someone would differentiate the two, I don't know that I I like that. I th- Stroud's bigger, like he looks more like an NFL quarterback if you just stuck them both in pads out there. But beyond that, I I don't know. I'm shaking the bowl. I'm shaking the bowl. Make sure you uh subscribe to Campus to Canton on YouTube. Prize picks. Uh, promo code C2C. We've got you can spend your entire Saturday with Campus to Canton. You've got better sports from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. We take a small 30 minute break, and then you've got the tailgate from 10:30 to taking you to the big noon kickoff. We do a halftime check-in around 3:30 or so in the Discord voice chat. We jump on there. So if you are a subscriber to the site, you can hop on with us. And then at at night, I have no idea whose idea this was um but we go live after that prime time game uh concludes at like 11 30 or so we're going live until about one o'clock in the morning so um uh support us support us any way you can i've started to use all stuff name some coaches name a coach or coaches you would never want a prospect to play for I mean, there's like Kirk Ferentz, there's Jimbo, yeah, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo Kirk, Kirk is the best answer. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk, Fer- <laughs> Kirk, and Brian Ferentz. Sorry, because he's the offensive coordinator, and that father-son duo, man, they just got a four-star quarterback, by the way, to commit to Iowa. I don't know what that dude is smoking, like drinking cord whiskey, maybe. He, I think he's from Iowa, but man, like, I think he's from Florida. Oh, is he really? Man, I don't know what that they, dude is. They on couldn't there. get. They couldn't get the four-star quarterback from Iowa. He's yeah, going he Iowa. To Ohio, State. He went to Iowa. Yeah. If my yeah. kid goes to I- Iowa and he's a football player and a high-end football player, and a skill, a skill position player that isn't tight end. It's, How about that? It's not even like it's not even like Vanderbilt, where at least your kid's going to get this education. And no offense to Iowa, I don't think it's like West Virginia, <laughs> yes. but it's not <laughs> Vanderbilt. It's not like a yes. Northwestern or whatever offense. either. Like. Like, yes, offense to Iowa. I'm gonna talk. Speak right, for all talk this is an anti-Iowa podcast. I am here for it. They've screwed me way too many times. You know, uh, an underrated one that I would say, Mac Brown. Uh, no. Is that Phil Longo or is that Mac Brown? That's Phil Longo. That's Phil Longo, okay. and I want my. Uh, I mean, you say that, but then go back to Texas and point out all the people he put into the NFL that succeeded as well. What did he succeed? I was mean, he, he there for the Ricky? NFL. Uh, I don't think so. he probably was. It wasn't he at Texas for like 20 years, wasn't he? He was at Texas long, for a long time. I think he was, was there what, for Ricky. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll look. I'm almost positive. I, he was Mac at Texas Brown for like is not. Wait, there are some. Come on, guys. There are some obvious names in my opinion on this list. Craig Bowl, Jim Harbaugh, who Craig Bowl, the coach at Wyoming. <laughs> I would never send a player to Wyoming. Guys, if I send my child to Laramie, it, it's basically akin to sending my kid to military camp or like a military school in high school. Like that's how bad it would be to go to Laramie. What, okay, the Mount he was Rushmore with Texas here. from 1998 to 2013. Mm, he might have just so, missed Ricky and UNC right well, Rick, before that, right? 
Yeah. R- yeah no, yeah. Ricky Tulane. was ni- Ricky was nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. Was he? Yeah. He came after Randy Moss, so he was yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. The Mount Rushmore, I think, on this list has to, it has to be Jim Harbaugh has to be up there. I honestly, I want to say that. Um, I want to say if you're a skill position player, uh, Dabo has to be up I there. I agree, one hundred percent. Now I'm talking about Dabo of today. I'm not talking about Dabo of of talking Tony of Elliott old pre pre nil Dabo. A little different than post nil Dabo. Well, he did say he was going to give up if they started paying kids. Maybe we're just seeing he hasn't him do it yet. on the job. He's quiet quitting. Sorry, Felix. I didn't mean to cut you. No, I I was actually trying to think of some other names. Jimbo, Jimbo has got Jimbo be has there. a great track record for putting players into the NFL. I mean, you think he he has a between Florida State and Texas A and M. He ha, he does. If but their offense suck. I would still be concerned with if your only goal going. is to get to the NFL. Then yeah, I mean, I guess. But like, if you have higher pretty good goal though. Just, just saying, throw, just throw they're that all, out there. They're all five stars. They could go anywhere and just get to the NFL on their name alone. Maybe it's just Jim Harbaugh's face on that list four times uh, for the Mount Rushmore. Um, all right, here we go. Going back into the bowl, back into the bowl. Which coach gets fired next? That's a tough one. Sasha. I'm going to double dip. Uh, and I'm going to say Greg, Greg Bowl. I this think is heavy debate. This is why we get accused of being. You're talking about the what? The Wyoming head coach? <clears throat> what you? This is the. I I think he's on very thin ice. He a bunch of players left the program. That's that's a a good answer. But there may be our power five answers as well. That maybe I'm gonna, we need to I'm gonna go. Action. I need I need I'm gonna go Google uh, college football teams and I'll come back with them. I have the best answer for this actually. Neil Brown of West Virginia. I think Neil Brown is like the next guy gone. Is Jeff Collins too easy? Also, mm, like the Georgia yeah. Tech head coach, like he he he's going to be fired this year. I don't know if he's going to be next, but like he's not last time for this year. Neil Brown isn't either. That's a great call, especially after that loss to Kansas. Like they, he's not making. Yeah, it Yeah, I think I think that dug his own grave. Their AD came out and said that they're not going to fire him, but that feels like the kiss of death because otherwise the AD just doesn't say anything. So. We're not going to fire him until his buyout drops. Is basically I'm, what this, it this is. This is obvious. This is obvious. It's Brian Harson. That's what I just. Brian Harson. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, I said it before. I was interrupted by Moxley's Idaho coach. Yes. That's, oh. That's okay. Oh, they're not going to fire an Idaho coach. They got Whoever a great quarterback. They got a great quarterback now. You weren't paying attention earlier, Giovanni McCoy. All right. Here we go. Going back into the bowl. Is Quint Ewers good? Uh. Oh, who this question is directed to, Matthew? Why don't you take it? Yes, he is. He's very good. He's going to be. Why not? He's going to be picked higher than Caleb Williams in twenty twenty four. When when they're drafted, he's one be two. Caleb Williams and yes. and Quinn. Yes, Ewers? I think they'll be the top two picks, and I think Quinn goes first. Mox Austin felt like Quinn was not thinking as much this week and just doing with a tougher mm-hmm. uh, opponent. And I think that helped him a lot, uh, you know, get out of his head after a couple years of, of not really playing. That That is one that I think should be something we talked more about, is the fact that we all we wanted to do is talk crap about how he hadn't played for two years and this and that, couldn't beat out C.J. Stroud and this and that, and then he goes out there and would have beaten the considered number one team in the nation not playing for two years. 
He played one game and was not specifically good in that game. And then comes out there and looks like that. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. Didn't even play after the first quarter. We don't know if Quinn Ewers is good. He's a bum as far as I'm concerned. Didn't didn't put up any stats in the last three quarters. Is there, Moving on. I, I, I do want to ask a, like a quick question on this. Is there a statement to be made? Like we, we, we talked about this all offseason. Like he's not even getting all the reps in practice. We saw this offense with him and with Hudson Card in one game. Is there not an argument to be made that the coaching staff failed him by not giving him more snaps when it was probably like a four? Like I, it, it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to get this job. And like, I just don't think there was actually a debate here. I think as you see, because they're having this debate, because there ain't nobody behind Hudson card. And this is exactly what they didn't want to happen. If something happened to Quinn, they were screwed. That's exactly the point. Like they were keeping him around. So he wouldn't transfer like that. To me, that was so obvious. Like they're not good. Like Texas boosters (laughs) would have just roasted Stark Sark on a freaking spit roast. If he didn't start Quinn here, there was no chance it was ever happening in my opinion. So yeah, like that's why they kept Hudson Carter around because there was nobody behind Quinn. Can that also show you how special that kid is? That again, he wasn't even getting, he was getting starts behind Hudson Carter as we had to hear about every Debbie debate Wednesday as the Texas reports came out by one of the hosts on here. He's not even getting the first team reps and still went out there and looked that good. What other uh, options they have to other than a spit roast? It's literally. To roast uh, Steve Sarkeesian if they were not going to use the spit roast. What other, what other mechanisms could they have? Um, the, I will say. That, what's the iron, like uh, some sort of like special metal where you put the dude in the bolt, like a like a metal bowl and just roast him over the fire? Oh, uh, what was that called? Yeah. They did it in um, medieval times. Or quartering. Quartering. Tie each of his limbs to a horse and have them run in different directions. Those are all things that Texans would have done if Craniers did not start. I'm have you all saying. ever roasted a pig? Have you ever roasted a pig or ever been to a pig roast? Or is been that just one. a Cuban yeah. thing? Okay. So it used to be when I was little, we used to do these all the time. You would dig a hole in the ground, like a square hole, and put coals down there and roast the pig there. But now they have these boxes. They have these square boxes that that you can that's you know that you can put the pig in. I don't know if you all my family does this at least once a year. So all right. Um if you've got other uh, other thoughts out there at Campus to Canton or at Debbie Debate on Twitter, how could you roast Steve Sarkeesian? Uh, react to this statement. Raheem Sanders is the RB1 in the 2024 class, Matthew. That class includes Braylon Allen, Travion Henderson, Will Shipley, and Devin Neal, amongst others. No, but he's he's running back, too. <laughs> he's not ahead of, he's not ahead of Henderson for me. Look. That even I, saying he's running back too is, I think, is is a spicy take. So I don't think so because I feel like most of us had him at four behind Braylon Allen and Will Shipley. What he's shown me as a receiver and his athleticism puts him above Will Shipley for me. And I'm sorry, I I understand you mentioned earlier woulda, coulda, shoulda. And Austin, I know you talked about this on Campus Life with a different player. I think this week. If you take, you can't take one run away, but if you take one run away from Braylon Allen, he's averaging like three yards a carry against shit competition for the past two weeks. He played, I don't even remember who was, Northern Illinois State or something like that. And he had one 98 yard run. Outside of that, he averaged 2.3 yards a carry. Raheem Sanders has shown me more, and he's got the receiving ability, which is the one reason I had Shipley above Allen so far. 
He's almost doubled Braylon Allen in receptions already. Braylon Allen has eight career receptions. I believe Raheem Sanders is sitting at like 15 right now. He's almost doubled them. And against better competition. And he's pr- he just continues to prove it. I had a chance to watch him Saturday because they played the Gamecocks. Um, so I watched the majority of the game, even though it was kind of out of hand late. I was so impressed with Raheem Sanders, and I did not expect to come away as impressed as I was. Like, this dude is has size. He has speed. He can run between the tackles, which is always a little bit of a question that I had with him. He's a great pass catcher. Like, I think he's firmly cemented himself as RB two in this class. Actually, like I think I, I would not draft Braylon Allen above him, um, and I, I would feel really confident in that, like that draft pick. To be honest, I, I, I he was excellent, and I watched him against Cincinnati too. I thought he was excellent, and then he just came back and against a better front seven, in my opinion, at South Carolina. Like he was awesome. I, I, I and I had questions about him coming into the year too, but I. Listen, they are squash for the most part. He's been excellent. I feel like I was questioned. Raheem Sanders was a top 20 running back for me as a freshman. And I feel like I someone here. Okay, I feel like early on I don't think said, I did. that's aggressive. I, I don't think I had him that high. But I don't know if it was – I don't remember if it was because of his skill or it was because I was worried about the way that backfield looked at the time. But I don't think I had him as high as you guys. I want to ask this question, though. Are we going to end up having Devin Neal above Will Shipley for this class? Austin? Maybe. Uh, I don't, I, I both have looked fine over the past couple weeks. Um, maybe I would have a hard time believing that a, a back from Kansas would get drafted over a presumptive starter from Clemson, just like from if you, if that's the game you're playing where you're, you're just projecting because isn't that kind of the issue that everyone has with Sean Tucker now? And Kansas is like even worse than Syracuse, you know, viewed lower than Syracuse. Is. I think Kansas has the highest scoring offense through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, interesting yeah. and good. I mean, uh, Lance Leopold just got hired and he already got an extension. Good money if you can get it. Um, all right. Is the 2023 running back class better than the 2023 quarterback and wide receiver class, Matthew? Yes. I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah. This is a- it's pretty easy, yes. I mean, yeah. you got Bijan and Gibbs, who I think stand above everybody else. And then we've talked about – I mean, E.J. Smith, R- R- Raymond Davis has actually looked good this year. Like, they're not going to be guys who are drafted probably day two – but could they be drafted early day three that could end up with Damian Pierce type roles? Possibly like that. I think this class overall with the players that we have continued to see now move forward, you got tank Bigsby who we've kind of not talked about uh, Zach Evans up there. If Jason McClellan could declare who looked good. I mean, it was only really one big run against Texas, but if he continues to look good, he could jump up there. I mean, there's a lot of players I think in this class kind of dropped on Kendall Milton a little bit, but Deuce Vaughn, I mean, I know he doesn't have the size, but what he can do is a receiving back. Like, there's a lot of guys in this class that I think could easily get drafted fairly, get decent draft capital for a running back and, and produce in the NFL. I'm Jaylen starting Berger. to like the second. Yeah, I, I Jalen Berger. Yeah. Nah. I'm starting to like the second round Calm down, Colin. in Dynasty rookie draft. I, I think that we drafted, I think we traded for 2023 Dynasty draft picks because of Bijan, because of Jameer Gibbs, because of Tank Bigsby. Um, because of Kayshawn Boutte, because of JSN. But 
I'm starting to like what, you know, picks nine through 15, 16 are going to look like. It feels like, like Michael Mayer is probably going to be a second round pick, um, a dynasty rookie pick. And that just feels really strong. All right. We only got a few left. Few left. Here we go. Go to the bowl. And CJ Donaldson. This is a, a question, I believe it. It came from someone on Twitter. C.J. Donaldson, the freshman at West Virginia, who plays a very much a Jalen Samuels-type role, should he be allowed to be inserted as a tight end starter on fan tracks? Moxley. Yes, he's listed at that on the West Virginia website. Don't don't get cute right. just because you don't have him on your team. <laughs> don't be jealous of someone who can start him as a tight end because that's where the question came from. I don't need to hear any jealousy. He's a tight end on the roster. When it changes – Fan tracks will change it and we'll be just smooth sailing. Just don't be jealous. That's the, the foundation that I didn't lay for that question is the question came from there is a league that is only allowing Donaldson to be inserted as a running back and not into the tight end position. Uh, Matthew, you're shaking your head. What's your thoughts on that one? Oh, I agree with Moxley. I mean, a lot of people complained about this with, uh, with Cordero Patterson. Whenever that happened in the NFL, there was someone else in the NFL that they did that with recently too. And I can't remember who it was who Jason had Hill. golden boy, Jason, Jason Hill. Hill. Jason Jason Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. You can play him as tight end when he was actually playing as a quarterback last year for new Orleans. Saints. like, yeah, if they're listed that way, there's no reason you should not be able to play him there. It's all about getting an edge. And if you're going to draft CJ Donaldson was not drafted anywhere. So that means if you're picking him off, off the waiver wires, you are probably picking him up with the intent of putting him into that tight end position. You should absolutely – you can go to West Virginia's website right now, like Chris said, and he's identified as a tight end. So, hey, league out there that's not letting uh, a, a, a fantasy manager put C.J. Donaldson into the tight end position, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Last question. 2024 class, emerging options. Is it better than 2023? Austin, you're shaking your head. So no, I don't think we um, no. Have a good night, everybody. That's that's our show. Um, no, and I think it hurts. Like there, there are the straw men people that hate the Debbie guys out there that say that. Well, you guys just say that every class, you know, next year is better than this year. Um, we don't, and no, 2024 would. Like doesn't even let me let me filibuster here for you. Let me identify some 2024 guys. So 2024, can we're I, talking about. Can I disagree with Austin? I'll just tell well, him. Right yeah, now. yes, but let me put put some names out here because I was going to give names who are, who are listening for the first time. You said, can you disagree with them? Yeah, I'm going to give the names. Listen. Why? Go ahead. 2024 running back class. Right now, you're looking at. Oh, shoot. Wrong page. Hang on. Sorry, Felix. He's like, oh, actually, 2024 is not good. My bad. My bad. I just messed up. Trav we just talked about Travion Henderson, Raheem Sanders, uh, Will Shipley. You've got, I mean, we'll see what happens with Donovan Edwards. I don't think he may not fall out of that. Braylon Allen. You've got Devin Neal. Uh, well, I don't know about Ontario Brown as much. Alt McCaskill, Montreal Johnson. That's just the running backs. You go to quarterbacks. We just talked about Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers. Um completely just taking this to make myself the winner in this conversation. We talked about Anthony Richardson probably needs another year of development. Anthony Richardson comes out that next year at quarterback. Yeah, Anthony Richardson, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, a wide receiver, Marvin Harrison, Mekic Buka, Xavier Worthy, like Brock Bowers at tight end. 
I feel like that stacks up pretty well with the 23 class. You can shake your head. I honestly didn't even mention wide receivers. I just mentioned you didn't even go to wide receiver. Xavier. Oh, you did say Marvin Harrison. And I said Mecca. Those were the only three that I listed. I honestly don't really think that's close. Uh, to be honest, like I would rather have the top, like if you, if you combined the top 10 running backs from each class, seven of them would be 2022 guys or 2023 guys, like not even Bijan Gibbs Evans. I'd put tank over a bunch of those guys. I'd take over, over a bunch of those guys over Allen Sanders Shipley. Hey, get uh, Matt. We, I'm we sassy. own a website together and it has all of my rankings on it. You can go. Sort I don't, I don't like to my go Debbie look at rankings, your rankings. And you so, could see but... uh, where I have these guys. No, not over Travion, but over Braylon Allen. Yeah. Over Will Shipley wow. by a ton much. over Devin Neal. Yeah. Over, you know, insert other guy here. Yeah. Like I, it's okay, a, that's one position. I would take all the wide receivers too. You take Kayshawn over. Well. I, I would take I would take like the Butte, JSN, um, Downs. I'm forgetting a guy that's at the top. Take of my Downs life. over Marvin Harrison, Xavier Worthy, and Mecca. Again, it's like if you take the top ten from each class, probably six or seven of them would be 2023 guys, not 20. I would take I would take Josh Downs over Bo Collins. I would take Josh Downs over Mario Williams. I would take Josh Downs over. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other guys that are in that class. Like, but yes, I, I would take Jordan Addison over Egbu. All of them except for Marvin Harrison. I would take Jordan Addison over all of them. Your like, top I, five, Austin. Your top five running backs, five in each class. By the top ten running backs, five in each class. By the way, well, that's we pretty damn even. <laughs> I said top. I actually five. kind of agree with Matt. I, not that I think this class is better than 2023, but I think 2024 is going to end up being closer than maybe people think. The high-end quarterback talent is going to be similar. I think Drake May is emerging, obviously. We talked about Caleb, Caleb Williams is already there. Quinn Ewers, like, I think it's going to be end, up, end up being a lot closer than people maybe think it is right now. Well, so I think that, the, I don't hate it. That's a really big argument for it, and it's using your own argument against you, Austin. You said what makes draft classes are the how deep the quarterback and running back classes. I think the running back class can get close to what 2023 is, and I think right now, if we're projecting forward with these quarterbacks, we think it's going to be better than 2023 because I'm not taking a Stroud or Young over a Caleb or Quinn if they get to what we think they can get to. I, I, just, think, those I don't think May belongs in that discussion, like even close, really. I wouldn't spend a first-round rookie pick on Drake May tomorrow. I don't know about you guys. In what format? Any. Unless I have to start like eight quarterbacks every week. Well, am I going to spend a first round rookie pick on Drake May right now? Probably not. Like in a dynasty format, I, I don't so think that looking, makes sense. Looking at the 2023. Let me, let me interrupt here. Here's the actionable advice. We told you in when we started the show in November 2020 that the, cla- the 2022 class, you did not want to have, if you are a dynasty player and you're listening to us, you did not want to be holding those 2022 picks in your hand. Now look at what those picks are. Brees Hall, you know, are you starting Brees Hall? James Cook was going like number three overall. I mean, it is, we told you that that class is going was going to be bad. We told you 2023 was going to be good. You wanted to get those. I think that you want to trade for 2024 picks. Are they going to be as valuable as 2023 picks? Maybe not. They're going to be more valuable than 2022 picks, than 2022 rookie picks. Well, 2022 so, is like the, the – But we said, we said it. From hell. Pick we them said, again. We said it. 
We said it. We said that the 2022 class is uh-uh. Uh-uh. So uh, 2024 is shaping up to be a class that you want to invest in. So if you are rebuilding, I, I think I would be um, comfortable. Hey, I can't get – you probably can't get 2023s anymore. 2024 isn't going to be just fine. Matthew, was there something you wanted to add to that? I don't remember what I was going to ask. I was going to ask him a question about a quarterback, and I can't remember what it was now. That's actionable advice, though, Felix. Like, seriously, you can't get 2023 picks right now. You can no. sure get 2024 picks because nobody's talking about that might actually be another strong class. And, so and we make those and we, now. We said it. We said it in, like the, in our first couple of shows. All right. I think that's all we got. Um, that's all we got. Make sure you are listening to us on Saturday morning. Get up with – they're giving away so many jerseys and everything on Better Sports Network, and you can support us just by downloading the Better Sports app, uh, hitting that fun button when we are on Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to 10 with us. Come have call. Call the show. You can't call this show. I mean, I can give you Matthew's number. Maybe I can put Matthew's number out here and you can call Matthew and maybe we get you on that way. But you can actually download the Better Sports app and call us and tell you tell us if you're tailgating, tell us you know what players you're looking forward to watching uh that that day. I tell you what, I'm gonna be watching Jay Kaner against Caleb Williams starting at the time of 10:30 Eastern time. Uh, but I'm gonna be staying up for that one. Um so support us that way. We need some five-star rating reviews. And then the other thing, this is the last, I think this is the last week that Debbie Debate is going to be uploaded to the its individual feed. We said three weeks. And I should have announced that at the beginning of the show, but people will get 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 with the program at some point. All right. That is going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Curve Street. We ran out of time. We'll get them rescheduled soon for Austin Nace, Chris Moxley, and Matt Bruning. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Rimbaud caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.